which is in the books. And the Bengals stay on the defensive track as they pick up not one, but two more defensive stars in the backfield. Welcome into another post-draft edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad and Andrew Gillis and Mike Nizek are here with you to recap and break down the Bengals' day two picks, with those two picks being Michigan's DJ Turner II at cornerback and Alabama safety Jordan Battle. Now, I think, guys, I just want to start with, obviously, DJ Turner. I'm not shocked by that pick one bit. Cornerback made sense for me um, in that in that round, obviously. I mean, in general, in this draft, it makes sense, but I'm not shocked they picked one in the second round. But to be honest, DJ Turner's the guy that, when I say I didn't expect him to take him, it's not that I didn't think he was good. He just kind of flew under my radar. Like, was that a guy that you guys had your eyes on? Like, were you kind of shocked that they picked him over, say, Akili Ringo or other guys like that? I mean, I know obviously Tyreek Stevenson was off the board, but, I mean, what was your impression by them taking DJ Turner in the second round? Well, I, I mean, as we record this, I mean, people are going to listen to this, I assume, either during or after uh, the day three of the draft. So, But a, as we record this right now, uh, Keely Ringo is still on the board. Um, so I think that kind of been might have might have been or not even might have been. Definitely was one of those situations where, you know, a lot of people were who were not really connected with front offices or they were a little bit higher on, on a player than, than NFL teams were. Um, you know, Ringo, he's like I said, he's still available. So. I don't know. I think you kind of, when you looked at kind of that grouping of corners, Tyreek Stevenson was kind of in that, in that mold. Um, you know, Julius Brents went a little bit earlier than I thought he might, but I still really like that pick for Indy. So I, I don't know. I think yeah. you kind of looked at, um, you know, I, th- I think you can kind of look at this and say like, they were all kind of in the same group. And, um, you know, I mean, when you talk about archetypes for kind of what the Bengals are looking for, uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I mean, you get a player, he's, not the biggest player in the world, but he ran a four-two-six at the combine. Um, freaky athletic, thirty-nine and a half inch vertical. That's that's kind of what the Bengals have built them built themselves on in the secondary. Cam Taylor Britt last year ran a four-three-eight. Uh, you know, you draft Dax Hill at four-four-three-six. I, I forget it off the top of my head, but um, you know, you you draft Dax Hill, he can fly. Uh, you know, uh, you, you're just kind of adding speed and and agility to that secondary. So I think it, it just kind of fit what they did. And, you know, I, Turner wasn't one of the guys I don't think we mentioned specifically, but, you know, kind of when you take a deeper dive, it uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, and I thought what Lou said about, you know, speed making up for, you know, the, the lack of size that, you know, now in this day and age with the, the wide receivers as fast as they are, um, you're going to be out of position, so you have to have that catch-up speed, so that uh, becomes more important almost than being a 6'2 or 6'1 um, uh, corner. Um, you know, I, I, it makes sense that they, they need a depth at corner, um, but it's hard to look at the picks and separate them because, I mean, obviously they went defense-defense um, and defense in all three rounds. Um, and so, um, you know, to me, I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity to not land um, guys that are going to – you know, the way I framed it in my instant reaction would play in the AFC championship this upcoming year. Um, you know, Miles Murphy, I think, would with these two, other than special teams. I don't think special teams counts. You know, maybe if something goes awry with injuries, but I don't think that's how you should plan. Um, you know, I think you saw across the AFC, almost every single team that, you know, is in, in competition added a skill player, um, you know, to look for, for value and impact. Um, and they, they passed up on a lot. And so, 
Um, you know, I'm surprised they didn't try to draft at least one guy that could step in. I don't think there's really that many tight ends that, you know, I think are guys that will contribute right away um, left. I thought Darnell Washington was the last one. He went to the Steelers um, and running backs. Yep, they passed you know, wasn't him. High on, yeah, I wasn't high on the second tier tier running backs. And, you know, they, they obviously are going to have to do something at running back beyond now, you know, a day three pick to fill that four spot on the depth chart. With Chris Evans as one of your four, I, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I know Andrew, you wrote about DeAndre Swift being a possibility just because you know they're obviously the Lions are shopping him after dr- drafting Jamar Jameer Gibbs. Um, but running back, you know, still uh, very interested to see how they kind of go forward there. Yeah, I, I'm a big Swift guy. I know, um, um, I know we talked about that, um, but. I don't know, Mike. The, the The thing that I that I keep coming back to, though, is yeah, other teams are going to draft skill position players, right? And other teams are gonna are, are gonna you know make those kind of moves. But like the Chiefs, right? Like that's a team that everybody kind of looks at with the Bengals and says, oh, you know, those two teams are going to go at it. Well, the Chiefs drafted Rasheed Rice, and I think it was the second round, the kid out it of was. SMU. Like so, now you've got a skill position group of Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice. I think MVS is still there. You obviously have to Kelsey tight end. Like you're you're gonna need more than first off, uh, Cheeto's coming back from ACL, so I think that that kind of plays a part in this as well because you're kind of uncertain as to what what he might look like. Uh, I also think he's entering a contract year. He um, is, but you you're, you're talking about uh, you know a guy who's coming off an ACL. And you're not going to be playing. You're not going to be playing these these kind of two two outside corner sets with with Hilton in the slot. Like you're you're going to want to have at sometimes four corners on the field at one time. You know you're going to need to take off a Logan Wilson or a Jermaine Pratt at certain times because you're just going to need speed on the field. Like um, like if you play the Dolphins at any point. I mean, the Dolphins just drafted Devin A. Chain, and they obviously have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Like speed in the secondary matters, so I think you. Right, I but think that's you, but that's, that's fine. I, I, but I mean, you you could do one. You know, uh, like what is Jordan Battle going to do next season, legitimately? Special be teams. the third safety on the team and be a special teams player. Be a Whereas special teams, if, right? If if you drafted, uh, you know whatever, one of those tight ends in the second round and then a quarterback in the cornerback in the third round, I think you could accomplish the same thing but also have that impact offensive player. You mentioned Dolphins. Um, that's a really good piece for them, right? I mean, I think in this league, or I mean, in this in this modern era, teams are going to score around 20, 25 points a game. you got to score 30 to win. The Bengals are well-placed with the skill position players and the quarterback that they have and the offensive line that they have to be able to outscore everybody. And I don't understand why you're just trying to try to maximize that strength um, because your defense, you know, Miles Murphy, I think, moved the needle a little bit, but these second two picks did not really do that. They're not going to, you know, uh, in baseball have a war that that makes sort of a difference. Whereas I think, um, you know, if Darnell Washington, uh, you know, I know there was, I guess, some concerns late about his his medical that might have helped him drop but if he's healthy and he, he lights it up for the Steelers I mean I think you're going to regret not not doing something like that because I mean this offense was at its best last year when Samaj P. Ryan was playing really well during that two-game stretch or Hayden Hurst was healthy and contributing um, they lost both those guys and I don't think they replaced either um, you know Mixon's got all sorts of question marks and 
they don't really have a pass catching tight end that could do the things that Hayden Hurst did last year. Sure. I just, I think, you know, you said you can't really plan for, you know, injuries or whatever. I think you kind of do though. Um, because it, you know, at least they're drafting, you know, my, like the first three rounds, you know, they drafted players who, if everyone's healthy, they're not going to start, like they're not going to be in the starting lineup week one, but they're players that are at premium positions of sorts. Like they're going to play like miles Murphy is going to play because you need fresh pass rushers. But then also it's, you can't expect everyone to get through a full 17. So it's not only are you kind of right, building but I up. Mean, at running back and tight end, you have gaps in the roster. Sure, but you can, it, you're you even can at a worse get, spot than those positions they drafted. You can get a running back later. Like the, the, Chiefs the draft drafted, or just did free agency. What do you mean? I'm talking in the draft. Like, the Chiefs drafted Isaiah Pacheco last year in the seventh round, and he was their starting running back in the Super Bowl. He had 15 carries in that game. Like That's an exception, though, Andrew. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco, I still believe to this day, is an exception. Go look, go look at the cap hits of running backs across the league, like running backs on rookie deals. And it's, you can find running backs that can give you some kind of juice. Right, but my point is that fifth, you, just, you should find – you should find the minimum. I'm saying you get an impact player. Um, and so, like, I understand you can find somebody that may make contributions later or, or you know, find a guy that will have a role. But, I mean, there's a reason that Detroit Lions packed Gibbs and drafted him with the number 12 pick. I mean, that's extreme. But, I mean, I do wonder what he would have looked like in this offense. You know, it, and that's an extreme example. But, you know, these those top five tight ends um, – you know, what would have one of them done with Joe Burrow, who's elevated every tight end he's played with? So it's like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes, they, they're, they, you know, they'll be fine and they'll roll out a team at 53 and whatever. But I just think with the strength of this team you have, you know, you're only going to be able to marginally improve your defense, I feel like, in these sort of second through fifth rounds because there's not space for these guys to really have a huge role with the exception of Murphy, I think he will have a consistent spot and could make an impact, but you know, to do all three on defense, um, you know, for two straight years too, you can't look at these things in a vacuum. It's last year and this year. Um, and you know, not get, I think they're going to regret that come January uh, when, you know, they need another play. Um, and man, you, you kind of missed out. So there was an interesting question you posed and it's a fair one about, you know, what are they going to do with Jordan Battle? And, yeah, I mean, the obvious answer is special teams. Like, Jordan Battle himself said he understands that's a role he'd have to play. He played, like, almost 800 snaps on special teams at Alabama, so they clearly saw that side of his tape. But, I mean, this is not a defend the pick because I'm with Michael. I think they drafted him too soon. Not a knock on him. I just think maybe that approach of getting the best guy on the board was a bit much. But, like, maybe what they could do, there's two ways I could look at them using him. The first approach is he's kind of, well, I know they're going to keep him at safety. I'm not saying they move him as a cornerback, but, like, he is what Trey Flowers was last year. So Trey Flowers was usually the guy who was on tight ends and bigger body receivers. As a slot corner, granted, yes, but he still went against tight ends. Maybe they use him in those sub packages where, like Andrew said, he's a third safety who comes on the field and you're going against Travis Kelsey or you're going against, I don't know, Dawson Knox. I'm just throwing examples out there of guys are playing. What I could see happening, and this would be interesting, let's assume Mike Hilton or Jalen Davis gets hurt. You know, somehow they, you know, like Hilton had finger injuries and other injuries, they get hurt. And then you get Dax Hill 
put him at the slot position, and then you put Jordan Battle as a starting free safety. Maybe. I don't know if I would agree with that. I'm just saying that's maybe a scenario where you get more usage out of him than just putting him as a special teams player next to Michael Thomas and Stanley Morgan and guys like that. But I, I am with Michael, though. I'm on the side of, you know, nothing gets Branch. I think he easily was the best player on their board, but you passed up Darnell Washington, you know, I understand Devin Chain was already off the board well before the Bengals got to that pick, but, like, there's some other running backs I think they could have gotten before the end of that round. I'd have to go back and look at the list because there's so many, but, I mean, at the same time, even if there's really no one they missed in that round, like, I I get the Isaiah Pacheco example, but I think people get too hung up on that. Like, how many times do you get a running back in the fifth, sixth, seventh round and not necessarily go win a Super Bowl. I get it, the Chiefs were just a good team. But, like, to do what he did with that offense, like, I don't think you're going to see that very often. Now, I'm not saying, oh, go get a running back in the first, second round like the Lions did. Good for them. Bengals don't need that. I just don't know if you go that late in the draft. Like, that's where I somewhat disagree with Andrew. As far as tight end goes, I mean, you got Josh Wiley. Cam Latou was taken, um, I believe, by the 49ers. So he's off the board. I guess you still have Marshawn Ford from Louisville. I'd have to look at the rest of the list of options. Zach Kuntz, Andrew's favorite. Will Mallory, yeah, that's another guy from Miami. Those would be good options. I actually think if you go for Kuntz or Mallory or a Marshawn Ford or a Josh Wiley, those are okay options, but I think everybody would agree when I say that's not Darnell Washington. And, I mean, I can only imagine the Bengals blocking against him when they play the Steelers twice next year. And they're saying, gosh, man, that Darnell Washington kid, we could have had him. Wait, wait, wait. Say that one more time. They're going to block against him next year, like Darnell Washington. They're not going to block Darnell Washington. They're not blocking. I'm sorry. Like, when he's blocking against them, it's been a long day. When he's blocking against them, they're going to say, my God. Like, could you imagine him just, like, blocking against Miles Murphy? Like, oh, man, this guy is really good. And not a knock on Murphy, by the way. I'm just saying in general, like, you look at Darnell Washington, it's like, dang, could have, should have, would have. But what I will respect about the Bengals, although I disagree with the approach, what I can respect is they stuck with their guns and they didn't go for need. They didn't go for, okay, we need a tight, we need a running back. They said, we are just going to get the best guy on our board. But I don't agree with it because like Mike said, if Jordan Battle were a full-time starter, it would not be until maybe what, 2025 when like what Nick Scott, I guess is up by that point, his contract is up or you know, he somehow beats him out in training camp in the future, or I don't know. Like, it's just going to be a while before I could even consider him as a starter. The only way I could ever see Jordan Battle taking the field as a week one starter is if he absolutely, like, destroys Dax Hill in camp and just outmatches him. But I just don't see it, and that's where I think they went a little bit too far there. Well, here's the thing with that, though. The picks, like, they they obviously traded where they have 92, and they traded out. Um, to so 95, and for a sixth-round pick, number 217. But, like, the medical, shocking, stuff, by the way. I, I the medical that. stuff sounds real with with Washington. Um, you know, there, was, there, there seemed to be a lot of concerns. Um, so I, I'm not saying that they, you know, couldn't use a tight end, but, like, the players that went around kind of where they picked. Donald Washington, 93. Michael Wilson, wide receiver, 94. He's not going to start. Defensive tackle, Broderick Martin out of Western Kentucky. Uh, Who I covered, by the way. That that actually was a little bit interesting. He's not going to start. Ricky Stromberg, center, Texas, not going to start. Defensive tackle, Baylor, a kicker, 
Uh, Trey Tucker, wide receiver, Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Like a lot of these guys were not going to play or they weren't going to be starters. So like, I don't know if I think the Washington point is fair, but like when you get into the third round, you like, even when you get into parts of the second round, like you're talking about guys that are going to be in competitions. Like you're not drafting. Right, but I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, this I'm guy's a starter immediately. I'm at more like if you're going to go defense, 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 you probably draft the offensive player in the second round and then the backup corner, you know, because the Turner's going to be a backup, Branch is going to be a backup. You could have landed either one of them at, you know, or the, you could have landed a backup at that third spot, like you're saying, because that's more likely where you're going to get players that are just competing and not giving a second job. I think all those players, I think all those five tight ends, top five tight ends, uh, Laporta, Mayor, you know, Washington, um, Shoemaker, Schumacher, um, they would all eventually been their starter here, whether they started out as not or, or been the primary uh, tight end in, in um, receiving sets, you know, split out wide and things like that. Um, so I'm just saying when you look at the draft as a whole, I don't have any problem with the picks individually about who they drafted. You know, I think they got good value with both. I think Branch slipped um, and, you know, uh, you know, battle, you see, battle, sorry, Branch is his teammate. Um, you know, slipped. And so, like, they weren't bad picks at the spot that they drafted them. It's just when you look at their draft as a whole, what the I just philosophically would have taken a just different approach in terms of this, you know, you're not in two years, who cares? I mean, I, you care what your safety looks like, in, your secondary looks like in two years. I think you should be more concerned with um, trying to win, you know, this this thing right now when your roster is going to be like we've talked about, as talented as it's going to be, because you have those extensions coming. So the the running back thing, I, I I think that the question is tight end because the running back thing it was kind of out of their hands unless you wanted to trade out of twenty eight or move up in the second round. Charbonnet goes fifty two. Um, Gibbs obviously goes way before everybody thinks he's going to go. Bijan was you know was never an option. So like I, I don't know. So you've got that's those, fair. That's fair. Those guys are gone in the second round. So I guess my question is like. How much fundamentally? How much would you guys both both of you guys? How much would you feel different about their draft right now if it was Michael Mayer, DJ Turner, and then um, uh, Jordan Battle? Like, how much different are we talking about this draft if Michael Mayer was their first round pick or Sam Laporta or who insert tight end here that they had highest rated on their board after Dalton Kincaid? How much different do we feel? Well, I would. I might have. Go ahead, Mike. I might have done it. You know, I, I liked the the uh, Miles Murphy pick. Like I said, I would have been more inclined to trade a future pick to get a second round pick in this round at the start of the second round to have your sort of options, whether it's Charbonnet or or one of those tight ends, and add those without coming at the cost. Because then, like I said, I think you have this team in pretty good position where you could lose a future first round pick, um, or or even you know whatever second round or third round. Um, because you know you've you've re- kind of tooled the defense behind this young secondary now. Um, if you had added another pick in this draft earlier and got one of those, um, you know I, I think that that would have been something that you know they, I don't, that's not how they operate. So I mean you know wasn't expecting it, but um, that might have been my preferred option of um, you know how they how they go about things. So that is a fair question that Andrew asks. My answer to that is. I don't know. It's a little nuanced because I can't answer that without knowing, like, 
Well, actually, no, I can answer it because I was going to say, okay, let's say you get to the fourth round and you have like a Kobe Turner or someone like that available from Wake Forest that you can get. I'd say, yeah, it's fine because I think, you know, granted, once you get to that round, Kobe Turner is still a guy who can like, I think is a three-down player. Not saying he's as good as Murphy, but he's a three-down player like him. You can groom him to like help replace DJ Reader next year. So I'm saying, let's say you, you, you lay out that scenario. You lay out that scenario, and then you get like a Kobe Turner in the, fir- in the fourth round. I'm cool with Kobe that. Kobe Turner went in the third round. But I'm saying if he if he was there, if he was there, I say that he knowing that he was gone, the, the answer is like, no, I wouldn't feel comfortable with it because I know he's off the board. But I'm saying if we're in a hypothetical where like Andrew's scenario, if you take Mayer and then Turner and then not branch battle, and then you can get a Kobe Turner in the fourth round, sure, I'm cool with that. But that's not an option, so I'd say, yeah, it's it's tough because, I don't know. I I like Mayer a lot, and I think he would have been a home run first-round pick, but it still doesn't really change the fact that, um, you know, like like I said, with Branch, uh, my God, I keep saying Branch Battle. I don't know if that really – I don't know how to answer that. That's, that's such a tough question. It really just depends on who's in the fourth round, I guess. Like, what D linemen can they get in the fourth round? If there are D linemen they can get, then, yeah, well, I'm okay if, with that. If well, not, the then, no, I don't think that's the best scenario because then you really need a Miles Murphy at that sense. If you draft if you draft a a defensive end in the fourth round, you uh, like, day three, it, any any positivity out of day three, like any, contribu- or like any contributors that you get, it's a plus. Uh, and I mean that in year one. Like, you know, you're drafting guys who are going to come in and be special teamers or guys who are projects. Like, guys are lasting to day three for a reason, right? Like, there, there's a reason that some of these guys are there. And some of them, frankly, might be dumb. Like, I, you know, it could be a team has a medical report that they don't like or they're afraid of. Or, you know, ah, oh, we didn't, you know, Bijan Robinson exists, so we don't know what Roshan John, like, he didn't start at Texas, so we can't draft him. I'm just making up a hypothetical there. Like, some of these arguments can kind of be – like defeated, but whoever you're going to pick on day on, on rounds four through seven, you're probably not anticipating. So like uh, in terms of getting a defensive end in the, in the fourth round, it's like a playmaker. You're probably not getting one just because there's like, I'm, I, I have the list up now, um, you know, defensive ends available or at least defensive linemen that are available. Um, scrolling through a list here. Oh God, there's actually not a lot. Um, you, you get to like, but you get to a point where you're like, okay, Moro, Ajomo, I, the defensive end from Texas, uh, Scott Matlock, defensive tackle from Boise State. Like these, these are the type of names that you're talking about if you want a defensive end and their defensive lineman in the fourth round. Which is why, like, I think that this thing can turn on a swivel pretty quick. Because let's say the Bengals, what pick, what pick do they have in the fourth round? I forget what it is. And I don't want to talk too much about day three because people aren't going to listen to this uh, until day three already happens. But like, I just think that this thing can turn on a swivel. And with the picks that you make days one, two, or days one and two, you can find a guy day four. And then all of a sudden the running back position looks vastly different than it does right now. So like, I think the battle pick was fine. I'm not going to, I, I, I actually, I really like the Miles Murphy pick. I, I thought that, you know, I said before the draft, I thought that would have been their best case scenario, but I really liked that pick. I thought the DJ Turner pick was pretty good. Uh, the battle pick, eh, I, I don't know. Um, but still, like, I, I don't think it's, I think, I think, I guess my, my, to sum all this up, 
I think you, this thing can they, they, this thing can flip pretty quickly, and it can turn from I don't know they need guys that can win now to okay well now you have a rotational piece at running back and a rotational piece at tight end because once you got past a certain number of tight ends there wasn't a guy who was going to come in and immediately day one he's the starter. Well, that's a fair point because uh, we will have a podcast after this entire thing is over uh, on Saturday night once. Like we said, we get through all the picks that the Bengals have at that point. Because like I said, they got another pick in the sixth round with that trade in the third round we mentioned with the Chiefs. So we'll see. Do they get their Isaiah Pacheco? And, hey, don't forget Travis Kelsey. He was a fifth-round pick from UC of all places. Do they magically land like one of those guys at tight end? Is that going to be the next Travis Kelsey? Who knows? We need a couple years to get an answer to that question. But stay with us, like I said. Saturday night, we're going to do a full recap on the draft, see what we think of the day three picks, draft, or I'm sorry, grade the draft all together, and what this means for the Bengals going into the offseason. But we appreciate you all staying with us on this late night post draft edition of the podcast. Once again, for myself, Mike, and Andrew, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. We will see you in a little under a day. So let's take